The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What makes a successful entrepreneur? One who is constantly worried about the success of their business to the point where they don't have any time for themselves? Or one who keeps an eye on business but also makes time for the rest of their life? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn how to create an amazing, successful business and still have time for a life. Now, here's Shirley Dalton. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today, wherever you are in the world. I'm grateful for your time and attention. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom, and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. Each week, my aim is to bring you the experts, people who can help you to improve your business and grow personally so you can create your ideal business lifestyle. And today, I'm really pleased to be able to introduce you to my personal accountant, Craig Toyne. Hi, Craig. Thanks so much for agreeing to be interviewed. Hi Shirley, great to be here, looking forward to it. Craig, if it's alright with you, I'd like to share a bit about how we came to work together so our listeners can get to know you and if they're anything like me, understand and accept that not all of us in business are great with numbers (laughs) or even interested in them for that matter. I remember the first time I heard you speak, it was at a networking function and I have to say I was there for the networking, not necessarily for the topic, but what you had to say really impressed me. I'm a people person and I wasn't interested in the numbers, mainly because I didn't understand them. But that night you spoke in a language that made it easy for me to understand and it was really quite logical. You were talking about how to price your products and services. And I'd love you to share the example of the lawyer that you gave. And just before you do that, listeners, you're in for a very special education today. Craig is going to share with us how successful business owners analyse trading results to improve their profit, cash flow and business value. So Craig, do tell us that story about the two lawyers. Well, I was really focused around a uh, a lady who was setting up a legal practice and uh, we were talking about how she was going to do that and how she was going to keep her records and what money she was going to make and uh, she was telling me that uh, she was going to be very, very price competitive in what she was doing and she used an example where there was a piece of work that she did for quite regularly for for her clients that she could do for a thousand dollars and she was quite proudly telling me that that was that was really good because another firm or the largest firm that was probably in competition with her charged five thousand dollars for that mm-hmm. and she was telling me how this was such a great business uh, model of hers that she would charge a thousand dollars and get heaps of work and I sort of as I'd like to do challenge people and I said well is that really doing the best thing by your client and she looked at me rather yeah, inquisitively, and uh, I said, "Well, the the problem is, you're going to be rushing around doing a lot of a lot of work, and this thousand dollars she told me her hourly rate, and she was going to have to do quite a lot of work and not get paid particularly, yeah, good rate for that." Mm-hmm. And I said, "You you might be doing your clients a disservice that you're going to have to you know churn through a lot of work and get it done quickly and you know, be very efficient and all that sort of thing, 
do you think that the, the client, the the, uh, the lawyer who was charging $5,000 might be able to sit back and spend a bit more time and do a bit more research and do all that sort of thing and actually give a better result for their customer? So while she was focused on $1,000 was a good result for a customer because it was they were paying less, she had actually lost sight of what was the customer actually getting and what value was she providing for that and uh, it gave her quite a lot to think about. Yeah, and I can remember when I first heard that story from you, I just sat there with my mouth open because I really got it. And from a business owner's point of view, if we've got to do five times as much work to get the same amount of money, then we're wearing ourselves out as well. So it's a lose-lose as far as I can see. Look, it's, it's certainly no good for the customer, and but more importantly, it's no good for ourselves that uh, it's just making hard work and, and if anything it's it's really detrimental to our business because we're not giving the best you know, product or service or whatever to our to the people who are paying the money and that's really how we keep our customers by making them happy and while focusing on ourselves uh, we didn't focus on the customer which was yeah, a lesson. Yes, yeah. So well Craig how do we determine our prices and services? Well, to put it in uh, what I like to call Shirley speak, which you've taught me over the years, <laughs> we normally de we normally determine our prices based on um, what spaghetti we have in our head. Um, you, you can go on, you can go. I was going to say a textbook, or you can Google online, and there are hundreds of different price setting measures, most of which no one uses because it comes down to we put the price on what we think it is, or what, or what we think we're comfortable. Or more importantly, what we think our client will pay for it, and none of those have very much, um, uh, I suppose, logical, you know, or, or reasoning behind it. Uh, it's really just what we think we can sell it. And in, in fact, I know myself when I first started, um, anything I could get paid was a good thing. So my price was based on what I was confident I could get the job at, which surely had nothing to do with, uh, you know, profit or value or any items like that. And in fact. A quick story or two, because I love a good story, and uh, but I think it explains what what happens. We had a doctor; he was a specialist, and he uh, he would complain to me regularly, as as people often do, that they're not making enough money. And I challenged him that he should double his prices. Now I didn't think he would double his prices, but I thought we'd start by trying to extend him a bit. Mm -hmm. And this conversation went on for five years, <laughs> and and. Every time I saw him, which was every couple of months, he'd tell me how things weren't good and he hated paying tax and all that. Uh, and it turns out, as we went on, I found out he had a four-month waiting list. And there was also two other specialists in his local region who did the same thing as him, who charged more than him. So, yeah, I continually worked with him and that sort of thing. And one day I turned up and he, he arranged to take me out to dinner because he was that excited his world had changed. Hmm. He finally doubled his prices. And which I was amazed at because I thought I didn't think he was going to take me literally, but uh, I was just trying to you know, extend him a bit. He doubled his prices, and I said, "Oh, okay, what happened?" I didn't really like to ask, so I thought this could be a disaster. And he said, um, "Oh, well, my waiting list dropped from four months to three months, and nothing else happened. People kept coming in, they kept paying the price, and it wasn't an issue. And that was a great example of." Probably in the extreme, that um, he was setting his price because he thought that he thought that was the price and we would get. But uh, after five years of you know working through his own spaghetti, he uh, he 
he did this, and to this day, he's still a, he's still a client. Um, so it's a very grateful client, but he's uh, still continually, yeah, working, making money. Still got that same waiting list, and um, he's he's a much happier fellow now. So it probably shows that in your original question was how do we determine our prices? That's what he thought he could charge. There was no science behind it, and to be honest, there was no science behind what I told him. I just said double it, and um, <laughs> the result was pretty good. So even though you can use technical ways to come up with your prices, it is really just trial and error. So I have to ask, so did you double your prices for him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have my own spaghetti, Shirley, which you're fully aware of. <laughs> but, uh, no, that, that's, uh, yeah, it, it, it comes back to, look, I'm not, this, this is me telling everyone to go and double your prices. It, in his, there were some other circumstances, you know, that did allow this to happen and, and, and some other things working in his favour. But I suppose the point I'd like people to take out of it is, um, yeah, the sky is the limit. And as long as you're providing value around what you're doing, um, you know, I, I don't think there's any problem in in uh, charging what's, what's a fair price. Maybe my best answer to you, Shirley, was I was already charging him uh, twice as much as I should have, but, but uh, that, probably, that, that probably wasn't the case. <laughs> no, and so I think we better tell our listeners here what we mean by spaghetti. And um, I learnt this concept from a lady called Jennifer Elliott, so I'm not claiming it as my own, but I love the concept. And that is that we have so much information coming in that when we have a positive or a negative event in our life, if it's a positive event, it usually just gets filed away and we don't worry too much about it. But if it's a negative event, and by negative I mean it's got a negative emotion or a negative charge, then what happens is it generally sits there, doesn't get filed away until we get what we call good attention. And often we don't get good attention, so it sits there and it sits there and it sits there, just quietly in the subconscious. And then when something else happens and triggers that, then it's almost like a cascading effect, a chain. And so we can be reacting to things from things that have happened to us in, when we've been aged 2, 6, 10, 12, and yet we're unaware of it. And so we use the term spaghetti because when we look at these chains in people's heads, <laughs> it's like spaghetti. There's just so many noodles and so many things, so many chains around there. And so that's what we mean. And, and I love that you bring that up because I can remember one client that I worked with, he actually based his prices on a carton of beer. And he figured that if the family could afford a carton of beer, then they could afford to pay for services to help their kids. And, and I know that when uh, Ross and I had the family photo man, we had all sorts of difficulty pricing our photography services and it, it does come back to what we think we're worth, what we think people will pay. So it's a really interesting concept and a really interesting topic to look at. And so for our listeners, have a look at what you're charging and uh, maybe you think that you're worth more but for some reason you're not charging more so maybe do what Craig did and stretch yourself and, and do it because what I heard there Craig is that the doctor didn't really lose any clients and have yeah. you found that? Yeah, yeah look I think exactly we are very reticent to increase our prices and said the doubling of prices is certainly at one end of the scale, but even just a regular small price increase is really important. And um, because if you don't do that, you have to raise them at a larger amount down the down the track, and and that, that's a bad bad thing. But 
you, two things spring to mind when, you, when you're talking there that you know, I suppose I've learnt over the years. One is it's certainly folly and maybe even rude to assume what your customers will pay for something. Mm-hmm. And that that's and and particularly you mentioned about the photos with the kids. Parents will spend amounts of money on their children, for example, or their pets, or their hobbies, or whatever it might be, that will probably be far in excess of what we think they would be likely to spend on those things. So certainly, don't get blocked by what you think someone will pay for something because. You know, just because they dress a certain way or they, they talk a certain way or they do something, that has no reflection on what they will pay that, they, that is important to them. And, and the other thing with pricing is, we talk about spaghetti, it's all confidence. You know, obviously, the better financially you're going or the better business you've got or the more you've been operating or the more often you've done something, um, it's easier to charge more prices. I remember when I started out, I, I used to undercharge because... Uh, yeah, I, I was new to selling my business and that sort of thing and I wanted to get some sales. I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to say yes. So therefore, I priced it in a way they'd say yes. And uh, that, yeah, well, it gave me a little bit of short-term <laughs> comfort. Uh, probably yeah, wasn't the direction I should have headed off, but it's something a lot of us do and uh, it, it's hard to get, but it's certainly confidence is the key. Yes, and, and I remember one of my mentors said one time when most people go into business and they start, as you said, um, the, the, we're looking for customers and, and the criteria there is a check and a pulse. <laughs> and, yeah, that's, that's right. And often our first customers we, we probably wouldn't choose as we go down the track and get more confidence. So... Ladies and gentlemen listening here, uh, we're going to take a short break and I want you to be thinking about, you know, what's the spaghetti in your head? Are you charging? Could you improve? Could you extend that? And as Craig said, you want to raise your prices a little and often rather than having a big jump every now and again. So stay with us. When we come back, we're going to talk about how you actually analyse your trading figures So we're going to give you a definition of what that is and also talk about why we need to analyse that. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide 
free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Well, we're back. Now, we mentioned about analyzing your trading figures. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton, and today we're talking with my personal accountant, Craig Toyne. So, Craig, we better define what we mean by trading figures. What exactly are trading figures, and why do we need to analyse them? Well, put really, put really simply, Shirley, it's it's looking at the money coming in and out of your business. Now, that, that can be reported in a whole lot of forms, and people would have heard terms like uh, profit and loss statements or income statements. Um but what we're really looking at is money coming in from sales and all of our expenses that, that we have. So they're, they're what we would refer to as trading figures because ideally, unless our expenses gives us a profit and what we're trying to do is identify if we have a profit or how much of a profit and is it what we expected. So when I talk trading figures, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so money in and money out. Put simply, yes. Mm-hmm. So why do we need to analyse this? Well, I think there's a, there's a number of reasons. There's, there's, I suppose the, the, the basic uh, drive is we need to know there's more coming in than going out. So if we don't, uh, if we don't at least analyse that very simple form of it to start with, then we may be headed for you know, some financial difficulties. And uh, as I said, the, we, we can go to quite some lengths to analyse those things. But the very simple thing is, have we got enough money to keep to keep trading and to keep going forward and pay ourselves and pay our debt and do all of that sort of thing that exists? So, from the first basis, we need to make sure that we're at least sustainable. That's that's the basic survival instinct. But the next step beyond then, why do we need to analyse them? Well, it's to see whether we're getting what we want out of our out of our business or or whether we're meeting our targets, whether we're meeting our goals and getting what 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 we want to get in the future and uh, that probably brings up an item that most businesses don't uh, look at to start with when we say why do we need to analyse them. We're trying to compare them to our goals or our plans. Now, in lots of parts of our life, we will have goals and plans, but a lot of businesses, unfortunately, don't set a goal or a plan for their financial results or trading figures for the year, and that's, that's basically putting a budget in place, and uh, not a lot of businesses do that. A budget. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> now I know we've been working together for a long time and, uh, oh, that word, <laughs> a budget, because to me that says, well, you can, you can only do this. You know, when, when you've used up your allocation, that's it. And uh, it was really interesting. I was at a retreat in Bali just recently and we played a money game and it was all about allocating money. And so the, 
person who was facilitating it said, so here you are, you've earned, uh, the first time was $10,000, then the next time was $100,000, and how did you earn that, and then how did you allocate it? And it was really interesting because when I looked at my analysis of this, that's exactly what I did. I allocated it. And then I listened to the other people and they were saying, oh, well, I, I put it into investments and then that's giving me the passive income and things. And I thought, wow, you know, we come back to that spaghetti in our head um, of what we do. So you're talking here about a budget now, just so our listeners understand, what exactly do you mean by a budget? Yes, you've, you've picked me up there, Shirley. I've, I've fallen into, which a lot of us do, into talking jargon and talking words that none of us like to hear. <laughs> when I talk budget, I mean how much money do we think we're going to get for the year mm-hmm. or for, for the period and what are we going to spend it on? Now, if you if you looked at that from a simple, you know, say, salary and wage earner who gets their pay each week and says, I'm going to pay the rent, I'm going to buy the groceries, I'm going to... You know, go out on Saturday night and I'm going to put you know, some, some away to save. Mm-hmm. That's a budget. So we're not talking about doing anything um, you know, scary. We're just saying, how we go, what do we need to spend or what are we going to spend this year and how much money do we need to cover that? And that gives us, I suppose, a bit of a plan or a bit of a track of what we're doing. And what I find with most people around money, that the people who have the most challenges with it or worry about it, it comes from not knowing what the position is. So if you sit there and go, well, I don't know if I'm going to be in business in six months or I don't know what I'm going to sell or whatever is the case, then you're probably going to worry about whether you've got enough money to pay your bills and all that sort of thing. If you know what all your bills are and what you're going to spend, and we all do, if we sat down in our business, we know what our regular expenses were. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, to do that, I need to get... X amount of dollars a week, say $5,000 a week, and if I've got $5,000 a week, I can pay my rent, I can pay my staff, I can pay my light bill, I can pay the accountant because we know that's important. Of course. Pay the insurance. That's right. Pay the insurance, all that sort of thing. So if you, through doing the thing we're not calling a budget, by doing this sort of analysis and you knew you had to make $5,000 a week, you'd be a lot more focused and you'd have a lot more understanding about what what you needed to do, and probably a lot more comfort coming out of that. Whereas if you just turn up in the week and think, I wonder, can I pay my bills, and, and no you know, direction or no goal, um, that becomes a problem. So I think people who probably worry about money are the ones who don't understand that about their business, uh, and and by doing a list of income and expenses for the year, uh, that's what that's what you end up knowing. And I really like that point because a lot of people think that when we do a budget, we've got to cut things out and made, you know, like Greece went on these austerity measures and things like that. But what you're actually saying is, well, work out what you're going to be spending, uh, what your expenses are, and then work out how much money you need to bring in to cover that. Um, Whereas it's not the other way around. Whereas with a salary or a wage earner, you get the figure given to you and then you have to work out what you can do with that. And and in some ways I think it's easier because you know exactly what you're getting and you're getting it each week. And so, you know, if you're getting $500 a week, well, you know, you've got to pay for your rent and your food and, and everything out of that. But with the business, we're sort of working backwards and saying, well, what are my expected expenses and then how much money do I need to bring in to cover that and we've got to include tax and you know, staff wages, etc. 
And then I think the tricky bit, and this is where the business part of it comes in, then we've got to ask the question, how? How am I going to bring that money in? And then that leads into our products, our services, it leads into our pricing and it leads into our marketing and advertising and business development. That, you know, like it's, it's this really intricate woven web, I think. I couldn't be prouder, Shirley. You, all this work we've done together over the years, I think you've summed up, you've summed up most of it there. And really, really key for people listening, the setting of a budget, and as you said, it's hard for selling and wage earners, it comes from the bottom up. The first number you should start with, and everyone starts with sales because we all like sales and we think that's good. The first number is how much do I want to make out of the business? Mm-hmm. So, And then we, then we have a tax component we've got to build in and then even a debt reduction because you know, we're all paying off you know, a vehicle, maybe a loan or, or whatever's the case, paying back some credit cards or something like that. So you put those in as well and that gets you a starting point. That's what your bottom line's got to be. Then you say, okay, I've got all those expenses in running the business and exactly you end up with what the profit, uh, sorry, with what the uh, sales figure needs to be. And again, you, you, you explained it perfectly. That is the basis of your business plan. You know, I'm biased as an accountant, but this, this document becomes your business plan because it tells you what your sales have got to be. So therefore, you build your actions around your marketing and your business development through there, even looking at efficiency and operations. How can I sell many, that many units or that many hours of my time or however you sell? All comes from that situation. Now, if building it up there, the sales figure becomes ridiculous. Hi, if you come back and say, well, all of a sudden, I've got to be selling $100,000 worth of you know, something a week, and that's too high, well then, unfortunately, we've got to do what you mentioned, a little bit of cutting out or reassessing our, uh, the amount we take out of the business or how quickly we pay back the debt or whatever. So there can be some balancing as time goes on, but I prefer to look at these things from a way of abundance rather than cutting back expenses and doing that sort of thing. How can I grow the business and myself to, to achieve these things that I want to do? So really, when we talk a business plan, any business plan that doesn't thoroughly uh, look at the uh, look at the figures is, is probably missing a, a vital element. Yes, and even to the point of setting our products and services or identifying those, because what you said there is how much do I want to make from the business, and so that can cause a lot of spaghetti for some people as well, and they think, oh, well, how much can I ask? So if you go to an employer, the employer says, here's the job and this is how much I'm going to pay you, and you know you might be able to negotiate a bit more, but generally there's these things called the... Uh, awards, you know, that the government sets and says, well, if you're doing this job, you're getting this amount of money. But when you're in business, you can you can virtually say, well, this is how much I want to earn. And then uh, if it's realistic, how can I do that? And for some, say we want to be bringing in, uh, let me pick a figure, $120,000 because then that's 10000 a month. And then we start to say, well, what can I do to bring in that 10,000? Is it one customer at 10,000 or is it 10,000 customers at $1? And uh, and I love the way that you have actually taught me to do that and to think about that because it actually starts to make us think about and plan about what we're going to do. Now, I'm not going to say I'm very good at it. I, I understand the concept, <laughs> but, but um, it is a different way of thinking about it and 
I can remember when I was the franchise manager for our international franchise organisation and a lot of the franchisees were school teachers and so they initially they had um, been paid all of their life, you know, they'd turn up each fortnight or week and get their pay and because this was a cash business, this was in the days before the bank and everything came in and there was one franchisee who couldn't get over the amount of cash that he was receiving each week and he threw it all on the bed and he dived in. But here's the point, he didn't know from one year to the next how his business was going and it was all retrospective or historical and if we operate that way, then we often get a shock when we have to pay our taxes to the government. And that doesn't matter what country or industry you're in, you know, if you're not on top of the figures. And uh, unfortunately, with this particular franchisee, it didn't matter what we did in order to uh, explain to him that was what was happening in a lot of instances, not just him actually, where a lot of the accounting firms um, and I am having a bit of a go at them here, were not working okay. with their clients to, to keep them on top, like you're talking about today, looking at your trading figures, setting your plan, and they would go in at the year's end and say, okay, well, it's time to do my tax now, so how much money did I make? <laughs> oh, I didn't make any last year. Ooh, that's a problem. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's, I'm sure, where our discussion will, will now lead in that, uh you have some figures, but you need to analyse them after that, and that's that's another fun area. All right. Well, let's just have a quick break now, listen to some of our sponsors, and when we come back, we'll continue that conversation. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover businessfreedomfighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit businessfreedomfighters.com today. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. 
You've been listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton and we're talking with my personal accountant today, Craig Toyne. Now, just before the break, we were talking about how we start. You know, so we have a starting point. We've got our desired income of what we want to earn in the business and we've worked out how much income that we want to bring in in order to cover our expenses and we use that word, the budget. <laughs> and yes. yes, so now what happens, Craig? You know, we're, we're talking about analysing these trading figures. So tell us about that. Well, look, this is, this is really just another form of, of goal setting and that sort of thing. We set a goal and we see how we progress towards it. So we've set some figures, now we have to actually record our, our income and expenses along the way and see what we end up with. So whatever form that takes, you know, for a lot of us into, into some sort of software, a lot of the, uh, yeah, now there's cloud-based software that we can be uh, using to make sure we keep these figures up to date, whether we do that ourselves or we get a staff member or a bookkeeper or something like that. The important thing is that we actually track what these income and expenses are. So that's the first basis of analysing it. If if you've got nothing to uh, nothing to compare it to, or we don't know what you're doing, then we certainly can't track our performance. So that's the that's the very first step to at least record those transactions. And and again, it's an area that an incredible number of business owners uh, are very poor at and don't do well. Um, and therefore, it's probably not a surprise that uh, yeah, a lot of businesses struggle out there because they really just don't know where they are. So we're really talking here in a lot of cases like uh, about the receipts. I can remember working with some builders and, you know, tradies are notorious for this because they're very good at what they do but not so with the, the accounts, as you say. And when we got in the car or it was a ute and the guy went and picked up some wood and bits and pieces, paint and stuff like that, next thing his arm went over the back of me and I turned around and what he did was he just threw all of his receipts over the back. <laughs> it was like a jungle. And I thought, oh, my goodness, somebody's got to sort that out. So that's what you mean by um, tracking it, um, recording the transactions. So whether we do it or maybe get a bookkeeper to do it. Exactly. You know, you're giving the example of what we in the industry refer to as shoebox clients where they, they put all of the seats in a shoebox and that, luckily enough that doesn't happen as much anymore. But, uh, yeah, we're not talking about doing something wild and crazy here. All we're talking about is keeping track of what income comes in and what expenses goes out. And look, that can be done simply. It can be done in an exercise book. It can be done on a, you know, on a spreadsheet on the computer. But... Yeah, most programs now, uh, online programs, are fairly easy to use and give good information, not only for this, but help with things like taxes and that down, down the track. But I suppose, put simply, unless you know what your income, what your expenses and what your profit is, it's very hard to do anything more around planning the business beyond that. Mm, okay, so assuming now that we are tracking it, that we've got some, some figures, um, for a lot of people, I know when we use this term chart of accounts, it comes in and people go, what the heck are you talking about? So can you put that simply for people? A chart of accounts is really just the categories we group our income and expenses in. So, for example, with sales, we can, uh, we can record everything under sales as one figure, or we can break it down into five or ten different accounts where we might um, track 
sales of a particular stock item or type of service or location if you've got number number of shops or number of different locations. Uh, the same with the expenses, rather than just putting expenses, we split them up between accounting fees and bank charges and cleaning, etc. through the alphabet. Um, so that we've just got a little bit more information as to um, as to what the income and expenses are. And that's where the second step of analysis goes. The first step we're talking about here, we said we thought the income and expenses would be this. We should look at what they actually were and the see actuals. if there's any difference. Yeah, the actuals. And again, most programs will, will print you out a, a budget versus actual type uh, report and you can see where the things you did well and the things that didn't go so well and create an action list about, about remedying those, uh, those differences. Have you got any examples there where somebody's had um, an expectation, they've had their budget and then their actuals have either wildly exceeded or wildly not exceeded? <laughs> Yeah, look, it, it, it's funny, um, particularly when you first do a budget, anyone who first does a budget, don't worry that your actuals are probably nothing like your, um, like, like, like uh, what you thought they were going to be because most clients' view of how they are going is different to what is actually the case. So when you first put it down, it will, will be different. But most people tend to be either, yeah, either achieve results that are far better and that's either because the business is going well or they're a bit pessimistic or they were a little bit optimistic in their projections. And they said, none of this is a problem. So the first time you do it, yes, the figures will be yeah, maybe a little bit uh, skewed, but the more you do things, you'll, you'll get a lot better at it. Um, but it's always a great surprise for clients. In fact, it amazes me the number of clients who come in. And, and we still, even though a lot of our clients are very enlightened, we still have a lot of clients, which we call once a year type clients, who will drop their books off and they'll turn up when we have a meeting with them afterwards and um, say, well, how did I go for the year? And I find that uh, a staggering question for a business owner to ask, but there's an awful lot that waits for their accountant to tell them how things went. Yes, which is not what we're advocating, is it? Because we're talking today about successful business owners and analysing their trading figures. And so you mentioned that the first step there was to um, track and record your actuals, and the second step? Yeah. Look, the second step um, that becomes that that can be that can be huge, and it comes down to two things, I suppose: the the, the time and knowledge you you've got, and the money to spend on doing that, but also how well you've kept your records. So, the second lot of analysis may be done by yourself, or it may be done with the assistance of you know an accountant or a coach or someone like that, with a little bit of expertise who can really analyse those figures and. In that, I'm talking about you might compare. So originally, we compared our results to what we thought might happen, but you might compare your results to other people within your uh, within the same industry, which is referred to as benchmarking. So, if you're operating a um, a restaurant, you may look at um, other restaurants and see what their figures are like and whether you're running as efficiently as what uh, as what they are, or making you know, better or worse profit, which isn't always conclusive, but it gives you a good idea on how things are how things are going. Because there's a lot of industries where there's certain margins or profit rates or whatever, which are um, you know are, are somewhat set in stone and that are expected. So when I said about what information you've got, there's a lot of individual figures within um, your business you can look at to see how effectively it's running. And to give you an idea of that, 
be looking at things like the amount of stock you've got on you hold and potentially comparing that to how many sales you're making. So again, deciding whether you've got too much money tied up in your stock. Mm-hmm. You can be looking to start the same way as your customers who owe you money into your accounts receivable. Um, take an example, if you're, if you're selling um, $10,000 worth of services or products each week, but your customers owe you half a million dollars, that's telling me you've got 50 weeks worth of your sales that you haven't yet been paid for. And again, an extreme example, but that shows that you've got your customers aren't paying you quick enough and therefore that you're going to have cash problems. So there's a lot of things within your business and you know you might be talking about the the markup or the rate that you sell your stock at. So you know if you if you if you buy a widget in at a dollar and sell it at two dollars, you'd be looking at the profit margins that you make on things. So there's a whole lot of I suppose specifics around the business then that can be analysed if you have these these figures in place. So that's something that yeah, you may have the experience to do that yourself, or you may look at you know a professional advisor to sort of teach you or work through some of these things yourself. And uh, as I said, there's there's many a book uh, or, or websites that are that are there that you can uh, you can search through to to find out what sort of figures you could be looking at. Uh, I could list them off endlessly, only to the boredom of everyone listening, because they don't apply to every business. So the important thing is to find out what applies to your business, and then maybe analyse the figures even further than just the basic money in and money out. Yes, and so um, one of the terms that people use for this is management accounting, and so you're really using the figures to be able to manage the business and. And I know like people like you can look at a business and look at the figures and just know exactly what's happening, whether people are paying too much for their wages, whether they're spending too much on advertising. I mean, it's just incredible for somebody like you that can just look at these numbers and know instantly what's happening in the business and go, okay, we'll change this, fix this, do this. And you were talking before about the cash flow and when I very first started my business, I would give people a quote and I would have an expectation in my mind of the length of time that it would take. And so basically I'd worked it out on a bit of an hourly rate and so I'd think, oh yes, I'll get get this much money in at the end of the month. And what would happen though is that the job would blow out. So instead of it, say, taking me a month, it now took two months. So I'd actually halved my hourly rate and I wasn't getting paid until the end of the job. And so I did have big cash flow problems. And just by looking at that and analysing that, I was able to change it. So I got tougher. In, in, if it's going to take a month, it's going to take a month. And if I'm here, then we're here to work. Stop getting on the phone and talking. So I had to really step up and, and get tough. And also I changed the way that I invoiced people so that then initially I started getting a deposit and then some progress payments and now I just get paid up front. I just don't, I don't bother with any of that anymore. If, if they don't pay up front, I don't do the work and I've lost nothing. So. Oh, look, and again, that, that's all part of the business model and by you, you therefore understand what that cash flow does to your business and what, and what you need to do. Once you've got those trading figures too, though, you, you're talking about that sort of analysis, but they're also essential for a whole lot of other sort of analysis um, that's not as directly related to you. You're talking about taxes at the end of the year, maybe planning along the way, knowing how much tax you're going to pay. You know? mm. If you want someone like your accountant to help you with that, you need to, to let them know what position your business is in. Even when you get to the stage of selling the business, having these sort of figures 
um, and any extra analysis can only help um, a potential purchaser make a make a good decision about how much they want to pay you for the business. So, you know, they're, they're very basic of at least tracking through. And, and I said, if there's one thing that you know, we'd like people to take out of this section is whether you do it yourself, whether you pay a bookkeeper to do it, make sure that you at least have some knowledge of the income and expenses out of the business and how it's going because otherwise you're flying, flying blind and that's that's not good at all. Yes, and when let's have a quick break and when we come back, let's talk about this valuing of the business because this really has a big impact on it if you want to sell your business or have an exit strategy. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you like the Reclaim Your Freedom radio show, you can join Shirley Dalton for her TV show, Empowered Business TV, where you'll get to meet her guests in person and join in with activities to improve yourself, your team, and your business. Watch demonstrations of techniques and strategies you can implement immediately. Plus, regular business owners who are happy to share their experiences and secrets that have made them successful to help you achieve the success you want in business and in life. Visit EmpoweredBusinessTV.com today. Shirley Dalton's guide, Five Simple Steps to Business Freedom, is changing the way today's professionals balance their work lives and the rest of their lives. You can enjoy this guide free when you discover BusinessFreedomFighters.com. You'll find out how to get out of the stranglehold of business and get your life back. The secret is not working longer or harder. It's working smarter and better. You'll join the thousands who find this guide and Shirley Dalton valuable resources for their business. Visit BusinessFreedomFighters.com today. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Again, that's questions at daltonbusinesssystems.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We've been talking with Craig Toyne today, my personal accountant, about what successful business owners do with their trading results to improve profit, cash flow and business value. And so we want to be talking now about business value. So Craig, tell us about the relationship between knowing your figures and valuing your business. Well, put put simply, Shirley, uh, anyone who makes any investment in anything is looking for a return. So if you use an example where the other places you can invest your money, such as uh, in, a, in, a, in a bank, some sort of deposit with them, uh, maybe in a, in a property or in the share market, everyone's looking for a return on their money. Similarly, with a business, uh, people are looking for a return on their money. So I suppose the simple relationship is the more money that the business is uh, making and producing for the owner, the more it's worth. Now, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it, That obviously... 
different types of businesses generate different returns and I suppose it all comes down to that level of risk, the same way that with interest rates being where they are around the world, there's not much of a return on, uh, on those, but at least in Australia our banks are quite safe, so therefore you're not getting a great return but you're not going to lose your money. Mm-hmm. Because businesses have a much more degree of risk, the return that people expect is much, much higher. So normally if you were putting your money into a business, it would be thought that the return you might want is somewhere between, say, 25 and 50% return. So in other words, you might get your money back over two, two to four years and then make a profit after that. Now, that will depend on a whole lot of factors, depending on how safe the business is, what sort of market you're in, whether you've got contracts, uh, how good your systemizing mm-hmm. is of the business, how easy it is for someone else to take it over. But that simple relationship is the more you're making, the more you're going to get for it, and the keeping of good records and uh, being able to show that to a purchaser only goes to um, give them more confidence around the return that they're going to get. And that's a really interesting point that you make because when I was working in the franchise organisation, franchises would be bought and sold all the time. And it was really interesting. We had one lady who was right into tax minimisation and you know, she just had this thing in her head. She just hated paying tax. And so she, I don't know what the word is, but she maximised the expenditure in the business to the point where it hardly showed any profit. And she didn't pay any tax because of that. But then when it came time to sell the business, she said, oh, but it's worth more than that. And we said, yes, but it's not because <laughs> this is what the figures are and you've got all of these expenses. Oh, blah, 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 she said, you know, and, and so you really, you can't have your cake and eat it too when it comes to that, can you? You know, you've got to keep proper records to get that proper valuation. Oh, oh definitely. And I said, I did, I did simplify it there. There's certainly adjustments for, for things like that. Often people will pay family members and have personal type expenses going through the business. And you can certainly make adjustments for that. And again, that's why good records help, help prove that sort of thing as well. But, you know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned that it would be a fairly common thing for people to, uh, suggest that their business, when they're selling it, there's a whole lot of cash sales or money that doesn't go through the till. Now, we know in a perfect world that doesn't happen, but there are people out there that do that, and it is quite a common statement uh, when people are selling businesses. But exactly, you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you can't prove to prove to me that you're making that money, then it's very hard to uh, to get paid for it at the end of the day. Yes, but, uh, and I think a point there then is that uh, if you're looking at selling your business, then you need to start getting it in shape. Maybe, I don't know, you might have a recommended time, um, but in terms of your figures, making sure that they're all correct and then systemising your business so that somebody else can take it over. So it's not like I might decide today, oh, I think I'll go and sell my business. It's it's a little more complicated than that. Look, it's, 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 I think, in a, in, if you want to maximise it, a two to three year process that, uh, because often people want to see results for the last couple of years. So, you know, doing things that, uh, you know, maximise that profit and make things good, look good for a period of time is, is certainly a benefit. But, uh, we've sort of done a full circle here, Shirley, in some ways, because the first, uh, question you asked me was, um, how do people determine their prices? Well, when you're talking about selling a business, Often, how people 
I've given you a technical answer for it, how that price has worked out, but often the price comes back to how much people need to retire on or how much they um, have to pay back to the bank or, or some other, how much a holiday house costs to buy that they want to move to. <laughs> um, it, it, it often bears no, no uh, relationship to what actually the business is worth, so that can often be a shock for people. But I suppose what it shows is that, um, like anything, if you want to um, sell sell something, the more attractive you can make it, either dollar-wise or easy to run or even the, the fun of the business or the, the opportunities, all of those things come into a price. And as we started with, pricing is a fairly trial and error and imprecise uh, thing, as is um, the price on selling a business, even though I can tell you a technical answer to it. Most businesses will, will deviate from that to some degree. Yes, and there's all different ways of valuing it too, isn't there? Some go on the assets, some go on the income, some, if they're in franchises, like to put on a multiplier effect because it's supposed to be less risky if you've if you've got a, um, a franchise. And I know from watching the sales of the franchises that um, when one person would put the business on the market and then the buyers would come and they would have their accountants and their team analyse the figures and, of course, everybody had their own different methodology and their own value. And so from your point of view in your accounting firm, um, what do you see as the important things? Where, where do you want to go with your business? Well, I suppose in our business uh, we... We do the, the basic accounting for people through bookkeeping, through the tax returns and that type of that type of work, which uh, obviously, depending on what region you're listening to, all have their own rules and laws and that type of thing. So that's uh, that's obviously fairly specialised. And but as time goes on, as with all markets, um, that's going to become a business that reduces a bit with technology and uh, that happening around the world and the, the computer age that we live in, um, all of the regulatory bodies have better access to things. So that sort of the business is, is certainly you know, always going to be there but won't, won't be a growing part. What, what I spend most of my time, Shirley, doing is working with people like yourself who want to understand those figures more, uh, whether it be pricing, which is one of my favourite areas, or whether it's just be analysing the figures, making more money, or building their wealth and uh, achieving those financial goals that they want. That's something I do. and. Uh, Again, because of the technology age we live in, we do that with people um, all around Australia and certainly overseas as well because uh, that sort of thing, the, the, the concept of pricing and uh, running a business well isn't, uh, isn't specialised to any region or any particular laws. No, and what you're talking about there is being very strategic. So looking at the numbers, determining what we want to make, setting our budgets, analysing the figures, looking at our exit strategy, being able to price it. And as you say, that doesn't change. Uh, the taxation might change and a few of the expenses that you can claim might change and the percentages, but around the world it doesn't. And so today, listeners, we've been having a really good conversation about what successful business owners do in their business to analyse their trading figures to improve profit, cash flow and business value. Craig, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and it's certainly making me focused and go back and look at my own figures again. 
That's all we have time for today. I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. You've been listening to Reclaim Your Freedom, where we've been talking with my personal accountant, Craig Toyne, who's a pricing specialist and strategic accountant. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next week, go check out your figures and continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, relax just a bit and have a great week. Enjoy the upcoming weekend and we'll see you here for the next show.